Hello, and welcome to AIA. This is ADHD-inspired analysis, and I am your analysis-inspired artist. So welcome to my thinking podcast. I just want to start by taking a moment to say, good or bad as you may describe it to have been so far, take the rest of the day as what it is you need. Take today as it simply is, a day. So if you're here to think and learn, or you're just settling down to sleep, and you're here for some company and some background noise, I hope you're well, as I take some time to explore the world of an overanalyzing mind. Be it lecture topics, TV and film, music, or creative intention, my comfort zone is the fast-paced, endorphin-fueled mind state I describe as analyzing. That need for more input and understanding, it's not often we fully reach that, but if you're at all like me and that craving needs some satisfaction, let us explore. Right, now I want to take some time to discuss some things that I found particularly thought-provoking in the recent months. These might have been things that came out of lectures, or they could have been things that were conjured up in my own mind. I'll try my very best to let you know, but for as of right now, they're just scribbles. This is something that came from a lecture that I was listening to by the incredible person and philosopher, Mr. Alan Watts. And he quoted somebody else, and unfortunately I can't remember off the top of my head who that was. But the quote was, everybody has the potential to do great good, and everybody has the power to do great evil. Take that for a moment, let it sit with you. Everybody has the potential to do great good, and everybody has the power to do great evil. What are you doing with your potential? And do you abuse your power? These are things that we could be thinking about on a daily basis, should be thinking about on a daily basis, but they don't necessarily fall into our mind because we're so preoccupied, which is entirely understandable. Everything is hectic, it's been designed that way. We're distracted. This was a quote from a song and he said we get so caught up catching up imagine that imagine you're so busy you 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 can't do anything with your time your time management's all over the place because you're catching up with everybody else or you're catching up with the previous version of yourself or you're just trying to find out about everybody else are you caught up catching up on Instagram, seeing what people have been creating? Yeah, it's great, and it's good for inspiration, and it's good for motivation. But are you just caught up catching up? I don't know. Who was this? This next one was a quote from a song by the Canadian rapper Dax. Um, and I admire him, I admire what he talks about, I admire the way he articulates himself and he communicates. Um, he's been through a roller coaster, and towards the end of one of his songs called Dear God, he says, there's more to perceiving life, 
there's more to perceive in life than you can see with your own two eyes. How magical is that? Do you think that just went over your head if you'd have listened to the song? Not to say you wouldn't have caught it. Of course you'll hear what he's saying. But does that resonate with you? Does it sit with you? Is it something that you carry forward? Or do you just get caught up catching up on the latest song? Remember, there is more to perceive in life than you can see with your own two eyes. And this takes me on to another phenomenal quote by Mr. Alan Watts once again. He's speaking in his lecture about the, um, the five pigments that are making up our entire universe. And there are only five of them. In everything that you see, there's only five pigments. Look at that beautiful tree, or that flower, or that phenomenal piece of art. There's only five pigments for you to see. But you see so much more. And he says, If you see life in five pigments, you are blind. He then goes on to say, If you hear life as five tones, then you are deaf. Because like there are only five pigments, there's only five tones. And within that we have such a variety, we have music, we have poetry, we have animal noises, we have mating calls, we have so much within those five tones, and we have so much within those five pigments. But if you spend your time breaking them down, I think this is what he's referring to, if you see a life in five colours and you break everything down into those five colours and you look at that tree and you just see the five different pigments and you look at that artwork and you break it down into its five pigments or you listen to music and you turn it all the way down and you disconnect and you turn it into the five tones, you're blind and deaf. You should enjoy them for what they are, the creations. Creations from five pigments of colour and creations from five tones of sound. And we have everything that you've ever experienced within that. How phenomenal. This is something that came from my head. Um, and I'm not particularly too sure. Hopefully it's just something that can move some kind of intention in your head or maybe help you get over something or... Whatever it may be, I hope it's beneficial. And I said, I think it's all just a long and winding process of trials and tribulations that will both aid and crumble us. It's essentially the pieces we choose to put back together that make up the entity that we are. So try to be constructive with which you choose to rebuild yourself with. I'll read that back for you. I think it's all just a long and winding process of trials and tribulations that will both aid and crumble us. It is essentially the pieces we choose to put back together that make up the entity we are. We need to attempt to be more constructive with which you choose to rebuild yourself with. Now I want to take you back to a quote from the very first episode, my introductory episode. And this is something that still to this day, months later, provokes so much thought within me. This is something I came up with on my head. And it's helped me. It's helped me disconnect from the illusion. It's helped me 
ground myself. It's helped me find relevance and see the duality. And it's such a simple quote. Love is an intimate and intoxicating feeling between a self and their perception. Wow, love is an intimate and intoxicating feeling between a self and its perception. We all know love is intimate. We all know that love is intoxicating. You can get drunk with that person's energy. You can be craving it. You can, you can become addicted to it. But all that is is a feeling between yourself and a perception that you own. You're the one that owns it. You're the one that created it. You're the one that adapts it. You're the one that molds it, structures it yet it still becomes intimate and intoxicating to you. Wow. So everybody has the potential to do great good and everybody has the power to do great evil. We do get so caught up catching up. There is more to perceive in life than you can see with your own two eyes. If you see in five colors, you are blind. If you hear life in five tones, you are deaf. I think it's all just a long and winding process of trials and tribulations that will both aid and crumble us. It's essentially the pieces we choose to put back together that make up the entity we are. We need to attempt to be more constructive with which we choose to rebuild ourselves with. Love is an intimate and intoxicating feeling between a self and a perception. This is your friendly reminder. Life moves quickly. Take a moment for yourself. However you do that. I've chosen to light an incense. And try and take a moment just before we discuss the next topic for today. Have you taken a moment for yourself today? When was the last time you did take a moment for yourself? Take it now. The next topic we're going to discuss is called The Conscious Witness. This was sparked when listening to Russell Brand's Under the Skin podcast, where he was talking to a monk, and he used the term the conscious witness for the observer within one's head. And it sparked a whole spiral of discussion and conversation with me and my own conscious witness. How would I describe the conscious witness? You know the scene from Harry Potter where Hagrid tells them something he really shouldn't have told them and he goes, oh, shouldn't have said that. It's that within your own head. That I sent a message an hour ago and I still haven't got a response. Maybe they're dealing with X, Y, and Z. Or maybe it's because I said A, B, and C. The part of you that observes this and says, you think that because of X, Y, and Z, so it must be A, B, and C. This conscious witness is responsible for many things. It's the part that observes you. 
the part that when you're having your moment or your breakdown or your uncontrollable whatever and it asks you, are you done? The part that asks you, are you sure? It's crazy. Did you really just say that? The part of you that thinks about something that happened five years ago. The part of you that says, you'll slap yourself for that afterwards. It's responsible for a lot. And it's responsible for a lot of the dialogue that goes on internally. In essence, it is your internal dialogue. But if you're like me, I conversate with that internal dialogue. We speak for hours. We could be watching a movie and I'll be talking about the way that the director chose to put the camera over here and the way that that affects all of this while this present version of me is just completely enjoying the movie. But the subconscious witness, he's looking at costume, he's looking at intention, he's looking at script, he's looking at what did the actor do when they just went out of frame? Did they go and sit down? Did they go and read a magazine? Are they going over their script? Have they just gone to go and sit in a trailer? This subconscious witness is phenomenal. But what we need to understand is, is the witness responsible for self-love? Or a lack thereof? Self-loathing? What a bizarre concept. The subconscious witness is constantly talking to you, constantly articulating its intention, your intention and the intention of others around you. So surely it would only make sense if he's the one responsible for emotion. If he's the one responsible for lust, for desire, for inspiration, for motivation. So how do we let it get away from us? How do we let it become a negative? Why do we fuel the subconscious witness's negative aspect? Is it the way we were taught? Is it how we were raised? Is it the way that we were at school? Is it our relationships with others? There's a lot to explore. For a lot of us, this conscious witness happens subliminally. We're not completely aware of it. Maybe we lack perception of it. Is it possible that a lack of self-perception comes from a lack of self-communication leading to self-love, a lack thereof, or self-loathing? Do we just need to communicate with our conscious witness? Or do we need to completely ignore them? This is something you'll have to learn for yourself. Maybe your conscious witness is going to adapt and become more beneficial. Maybe it hurts you right now. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's the one that gets you through the day. Come on, you've got this. Maybe it's the one that tells you, stay in bed, you can't do this. But the lack of self-communication, it leads to a lack of self-compassion. And that's an issue. So what can we do? Not a lot. Take today for simply what it is, a day. Go on, live your life, but observe your conscious witness. 
observe your perception of love, of friendship. Don't get caught up catching up. Use your potential to do great and be wary of your power to do great evil. There's more to perceive than you can see with your own two eyes. And don't look in five pigments and don't listen in five tones. You've got this. Have a beautiful rest of your day.